Welcome to the Canoodle Podcast. This is Lucy, and this week is my pick, and I chose Bridget Jones's Diary. I chose this movie because it's one that I've watched over and over again with my family growing up, and now re-watching it in 2020, I'm wondering, did I really watch this with my family? And did we really think all these things that they were doing and saying were okay? But regardless, it was a great rewatch and an even better conversation. So join the convo. Here we go. So yeah, many times when somebody asks a question or, or, or like somebody says something, I immediately get a, get a song lyric in my head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's my whole family too, by the way. You know, like when you I'm meet my family in person, no. forget about it. They're always singing something. Oh my <laughs> God. It's unbelievable. I mean, I bet. I act like it's them doing it, not me. I'm the worst one. (laughs) (laughs) It's nicer if you can blame the whole community of your family. Oh, absolutely. They're all nuts. I'm the normal one. You are. We believe it. We are. We believe believe it. it. Barbara, we were mentioning and commenting on your beach hair. How has your beach life and work life been panning out? Great. Great. I have to say, I was thinking about this today. Like, this is how I want to live my life. Just Mm. be able to get up in the morning, walk down a beach and start my morning on, on the beach. And then I went for a swim this morning. It's, and you know, it's not the full dream, but I also realized it's like the small things that we have to hone in and, and focus on. I'm like, actually, you know what? It almost is like the full dream. And this is way better than like living the perfect dream. That's just a dream. So yeah, I'm very, very happy. And also, by the way, welcome to Canoodle. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you didn't know where you living are. Living the dream, yes. living welcome the dream. To welcome to Canoodle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I saw you guys this morning on your Instagram, on your, your morning routine with your hike of the day. Yes. I can people say- now. Yes, I was going to say, Barbara, I totally relate. Um, my business partner and I, Patricia, who we all know here, we decided to hike every morning before work. So every nice. morning, 7 a.m., we're up in the hills. It's like the most gorgeous way to start the day. So she's got the beach. I got the hikes. Liv came once this week. Hopefully she'll come more too. But, you know, you're just tuning in. We all used to be New Yorkers and Liv and I have recently moved to LA and one of the best things is getting to be outside all the time. So mm. that's a huge, huge highlight. And today I bought a bike. Nice. Major. I felt like a really big girl. I went in and picked it out myself and I oh picked out goodness. all the accoutrements I have. Ooh-hoo. Do you, know you have to, you have to buy a kickstand? They don't come with a kickstand? What? Wait, that yeah. can't be true. Really? How is that really, possible? Yeah. Well, what kind so of bike I, did you buy? A Trek. I invested in a nice bike, nice new bike. Um, wow. She's so know. happy. She was cruising around in the garage when I went down to help her get all her As far stuff. as I've gone, it's great. Aww. Now I'm afraid it's going to get stolen, so I'm like never going to take it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't introduced ourselves, but I feel like we've gotten to know each other a little bit here. But I'm Lucy. I'm Liv. I'm Colleen. I'm Barbara. And this is obviously Canoodle, your favorite rom-com rewatch podcast. And we actually, for the first time ever, are podcasting right after we all watch the movie. We usually watch it throughout the week, but we're fresh off the movie. So we've got all of our hot takes still piping hot for you. And we just watched Bridget 
Jones's Diary. That was my choice. Um, And I'll tell you more about why. But first, let's just jump right into what the movie's about. You've probably already seen it if you're listening, of course, because you're rewatching along with us. But Bridget Jones's Diary was inspired by Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. And in the film, Bridget Jones, played by American Renee Zellweger, is a 30-something single British woman living in London and lamenting about just about every aspect of her life. And she resolves to not be alone the next Christmas when she finds herself alone the first Christmas and makes a resolution to keep a diary, which of course is Bridget Jones's diary. And (laughs) she gets what she's seemingly always wished for when she strikes up a cheeky love affair with her handsome boss. But we find out that not only was this man in relationship not all that she dreamed it to be, but we also get to know more about Bridget, her quirky friends, and a certain gentleman from her past that keeps popping up again and again and again in her present. And of course, I had to like do some digging and some really important research. And I found on IMDb, <laughs> obviously, the plot keywords for this movie are unfaithfulness, employer, employee relationship, opposites attract, love triangle, book publishing. So really, it has everything you could want in a movie. (laughs) If you aren't drawn in by those keywords, I don't know what will draw you in. And this movie came out in 2001. It was written by Richard Curtis, Andrew Davies, and of course, Helen Fielding, who wrote the novel that the film is based on. And it was directed by Sharon McGuire, who is actually the real-life inspiration for the character of Shaza, who is one of Bridget Jones's friends. Um, in the novel, because Helen Fielding, the author, and Sharon McGuire, the director, actually friends. So that's your first little bit of trivia. Wow. We actually all had seen this movie before, but I think not for a while. So I want to know, this time around, what were your first impressions, ladies? Wow. You know what? I actually, I feel like I've seen this movie a lot of times, but like, again, not in a long time. Like, I feel like it's, it could be, it's been like, 12, 15 years since I've seen this movie. And um, you know what? There definitely were parts that I remembered being super charming and that made me laugh and that that, that British humor and kind of reminding me of like my time in London. And then there were so many parts where I was like, oh, yikes. Oh, wow. Youch. Eek. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yes. (laughs) We'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah, I also I I realized how little I remembered of this movie. Um, I definitely remembered her in the bunny costume. I remembered that. <laughs> I remembered the like punch in the face. Um, but and also I had so many uh, oh, <laughs> moments in this movie. And I said, I can't wait to hear what you girls thought and how you felt this movie is holding up. <laughs> um, yeah, so same, actually, I, I, I have not seen it many times. I think I saw it twice, uh, maybe three times, but a long, long time ago. And I didn't remember basically anything i remember that there was that hugh grant was in it that colin colin firth was in it those two were kind of the contenders i did remember the bunny costume the bunny costume i had no idea how he got there that's it like i and i didn't think that i didn't remember but as the movie unfolded i'm like i don't remember anything it was 
hilarious, like belly laughing, hilarious to me. I just, I just loved it. I, it was so great. And I also <laughs> had many of the situations that we, that I had just the same reactions that I had in the wedding planner when we were watching that yeah. and, and going like, I can't freaking believe <laughs> that this is actually what's happening on screen. What no, I know. in the actual freak like seriously so yes on all fronts Libby's so upset she can't even curse anymore no <laughs> She's lost the ability but to I, curse. I actually I would totally curse I just didn't remember if we did on this podcast <laughs> are we yes we do curse okay. no, we only it's say not what the freak on this podcast okay yeah we're only allowed to right. say what the freak what the and freak? yeah Okay, otherwise, otherwise we have to check this has this contains explicit content right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so yes or no? No. <laughs> if you can control yourself, good for you. <laughs> yeah, if it just comes out, then, you know, don't I worry like, about I it. like to think about myself as if I could. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I chose this movie because I've seen it so many times, uh, but not in a while. And I've seen it so many times because we watch it pretty often around the holidays with my family, which now I'm like, Wow. (laughs) And why? Because I don't come from, we came from a family where I couldn't even say crap at home, let alone like do a lot of like misogynistic and horrible things. (laughs) I too was shocked by a lot in this movie and spoiler alert, do not think a lot of it holds up today, but I still, I still love to see it. I still love the movie. Still makes me laugh. Still love good old Bridget and all of her uh, eccentricities. So if we're ready, Let's hop right in in our Let's little do it. costume. Let's, Let's hop Bonnie right Benny. We're bunny hopping right into this thing. Yes. So we meet 32-year-old single Bridget Jones, actually played by 32-year-old Renee Zellweger, which as we know on this podcast, it's extremely rare to find people playing people their actual ages. But 32-year-old Bridget Jones, we meet her at her mom's, of course, turkey curry buffet. And <laughs> like you do. <laughs> at the same buffet, we meet Mark Darcy who she knew as a child, who was played by Colin Firth, who also played Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. There's a little bit of synergy there. Mm -hmm. And this party where she's wearing um, interesting jumper and has these unfortunate situations with her family and her friends and men, this is where she realizes she just may die alone. And so we soon see her back in her Christmas PJs in her apartment all by herself, singing all by myself. Um, And she makes a resolution to not be alone next Christmas and decides to take control of her life, of course, by keeping a diary, Bridget Jones's diary. And then we see her at work at a publishing house in London, and we meet via email and then in person her boss and a little bit of torrid crush. Daniel Cleaver, played by Hugh Grant, who simultaneously seems disgusted by her while also inappropriately cyber flirting with her. We also meet her best friend, Jude, who we find out often cries in the ladies' bathroom, just like she did when she played Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter, always crying in the ladies' bathroom. Oh my god, that's who he was! I can do it! Like, who is that? I can do it! A little murder. So I turned really, back and I was like, do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? She's like, no, moaning moaning. <laughs> so we really laid the groundwork um, in this part, first part of the movie. We get to know Bridget. We get to know Mark, Darcy. We get to know her family, her friends, her boss. And um, 
this part of the movie culminates in the book launch party that her company oh. is throwing. And Daniel Cleaver is there, of course, because he, he works there. And Mark Darcy is there because he's in literally every scene in this movie. And <laughs> <laughs> for the first time, we see the tension um, with her interactions with the both. And she ends up leaving with Daniel and they go home together. And he sees her granny panties and more. And that's, that's the first part of this movie. What did we think? Oh my God. So first of all, what I have to say is that I have never, ever, ever been a huge fan of Hugh Grant's. Like, I don't think he is all that, like, he doesn't do it for me. But man, when that just uh, elevator door opens I was like he is really hot in this movie that hair mm-hmm. like what <laughs> yeah. the yes. yes. 90% of his appeal I, is the hair yeah. I mean like yeah, yeah. He's, I, he's a hair actor totally <laughs> like I was like you look young because yes it's 20 years ago so yes you are very young and your hair is amazing and I was just anyway it has nothing to do with the movie but I mean I thought I, thought <laughs> I fully agree cool. with you yeah fully agree it was really sexy anyway mm. um but what the fuck is happening <laughs> with those emails seriously like what in the world and seemingly out of the blue like there is no easing into it anything no it's like where's the skirt and that's it. Seriously? <laughs> yeah it's like what yeah but then it was, it was, it was so funny. Well, first of all, I will say this. He, I, I loved Hugh Grant in the, in the early days because he mm. was this really like, just when he first came on the scene, it was like, it, he was very attractive because he usually played like really bumbling characters. Like he was obviously handsome and like charming, but he was always like tripping and falling and mm. saying the wrong thing and stuttering and like making a fool of himself. So like, of course, like what's not to love, right? And then now at Bridget Jones Diary, he's now been famous for like 10 years. And now he's graduated to these like scoundrel roles, you know, <laughs> and, uh, which I mean, in a way, in a way kind of works for me, to be honest. I really kind of, I, I kind of, even though I was horrified by 90% of what he did, I was still like, <laughs> it made me laugh. It made me laugh. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, he's a bad boy. I, w- I would fall for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Those emails. Yeah. And, and then of course, even the with, email, not to blame the, la- the woman, but still Bridget with that see-through to like, this is not oh my work God. Of no. No. Totally. No, with God. the black bra and the no. beige no. lace top. I was like, no. What the heck? Yeah. What are you wearing? No, I she was, was doing that on purpose, like, like really pushing the envelope, like. Way. <laughs> in a way, I was so disappointed. Like, in she has no spine in this movie. As a woman, I was like, as a woman, I was mortified. Like, the way she is, oh, the the way she reacts and the way she like totally falls for him. And maybe I was so mortified because I could see a younger version of myself in her. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, oh, this is so horrifying. 19 years ago. And and how would I have reacted? Oh my God. Yeah. And I was, I was really, I was so uncomfortable for me and for her and, and the way, and the way he like talked to her and she would still be looking at him and be like, you're so amazing. I was like, oh, I can't take it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Liv is our resident 32 year old. So what do you have to say? Is this common behavior for your people? For my, for my kind of people, <laughs> I'm so much younger than you are. Um, yeah. So 
here's, I don't know if it's called, I'm already married guys. So I am definitely, I would be one of the people at the table, at the dinner, at the dinner party the, later on. So I, marriage, I don't know yeah. what to say about, about single 32 year olds, but I do have to say, I actually, I actually saw it differently. I actually saw her really empowered because I thought she was totally taking charge of those, of that part of like the flirting part. And while it's totally inappropriate, I thought she was like, just like he, you know, when they go into the elevator together and they ride down, she knows how to play the game. She, he's like trying to get her out, try, try to get her out to dinner. And she's like, nope, we're just going to see. Like, she's actually kind of play for the fact that she so comes across as such a freaking mess and so insecure. She's playing that game really well. And I was just horrified of, you know, of the like... Uh, didn't they show you like a sexual harassment tape? Like, didn't <laughs> yeah. they show you something at work before? Like, what is actually UK happening? movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's an English movie, not like, a US. It's movie. true, and you know, actually, because it's funny, I, I'm a right. That that's like right in my age frame. I was 31 yeah. when that movie came out, and in the working in the work world, and I have to tell you, like, it wasn't that overt. But no, we weren't. We, 20 years ago, we did not have the same kind right. of comportment in the office that yeah. we have today. I mean, yeah. like, I never, I don't think I saw a sexual harassment video until 2008, hmm. you yeah. know? So like, I really don't think that was even, Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely, people understood it and like, it was clearly not a super appropriate thing to do, obviously, but like, you know, people were, yeah. But I worked in advertising my whole career, so people were always screwing around. Like people, you know, right? <laughs> no, and I can see that. I don't. I don't think that it would have been appropriate at the time. It's just one of those. You know, it just goes back to the conversation of like now, and we're mm-hmm. like two years post Me Too movement, which is like, oh god, like now it's like, how could you even have done? So? Like, it's just really funny. That being yeah. said. I personally really feel like I could have like totally enjoyed a little love affair with this this motherfucker, even though he's like totally an asshole. But he's really funny and really fun yeah. and like yeah. Just- and I and I didn't hit the way that he spoke to her didn't bother me because I felt like she was in on it. Like yeah, she, yeah, was, she, was, she was she was con- she consented to that yeah. kind of conversation. Yeah, right? like, I agree. And, yeah, and and I also think that like and we kind of talked about it offline is that if that's that sort of English guy inappropriate humor that like I I know guys who are now in their 60s who still talk like that because that was how they talked back then and um it's it is like horrifying in 2020 but it's it's still it actually still makes me laugh when they do it but I'm still like oh my god you're like you're a mess but also I realized that 20 years ago when they were in their prime when they were like you know 40 and they were, you know, shagging and snogging and everything else. You know, it, it worked for people, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the one thing I really liked, I'll be honest, is um, I can't remember when I saw this movie, I feel like I might have been team, team floppy hair for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> until I remembered that it was based on Pride and Prejudice and I was supposed to look at like other guy. But um, when she's really, like when she's colossally screwing up the speech... <laughs> Yeah, you know, like in Kafka's motorbike, and she's like sort of insulting Salman Rushdie and the other guy, and he's just watching her with like delight yeah, because he's yeah. getting he has he's he he's in he's not laughing at her like in a mean way. He's like, this is amazing, and I can't. Yeah, I yeah. have to, and now. I have to be with her. Like so, yeah. he's really drawn to her because she's such a and, and a kind of a mess. And he and he kind of bails her out. Like he kind of. 
emotionally bails her out, which I mean, he's not a great guy and it's not a great relationship, but like she was so down in the dumps that he went right over and just like cheered her right up. Totally. And even just, and even the granny panties thing, like, yes, that is like, he played that, team. you know, perfect. Could it, couldn't have so gone right. better, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think at this point in the movie and for a, a great majority of it, we're not supposed to like Mark Darcy. If we no. are, they did a bad job. Yeah. 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 He's not good. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's so, he's a stick in the mud. No, he's gross. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's too skinny. <laughs> he's so young too it's like mm-hmm. oh my god you have like a baby face little colin like he looks so cute anyway <laughs> yes we're not supposed to like him i don't know i genuinely think that up until like probably two-thirds into the movie the first time watching it i was totally team daniel 100 percent. yeah before we move on i i'm gonna put colleen on the spot because i feel like she has some advice that she could give to bridget jones in this moment when She's all by herself, drunk, crying in her apartment. She presses her voicemail again and again. It says, you have no messages. So what could she have done if she was drunk and had no voicemails and was feeling really lonely? Is there, do, you have, do you have any life advice you could give her? Maybe something you used to do. You know, you know I do. I, I do have something. I, I have something that she could do. And, I, and ladies, I really recommend this to everybody. <laughs> Especially if you can have a time machine to take you back to when you had an answering machine. What you do is when you're out drinking, you get drunk, then you call yourself, you call your home number. And when your machine picks up after the beep, you say, welcome home. You're home. Welcome (laughs) home. I love you. Welcome home. And then when you get home, you press record, you press play, and instead of hearing no messages, you hear a beautiful, welcoming voice telling you <laughs> that you're home and you are loved. So genius. It's genius, it's right? Genius. I did that for like 10 years. <laughs> I love it so much. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe we don't have any recordings of that. I like, I just need to hear it. It's amazing. I know. And, and the worst thing is, actually the best thing maybe, is that I infected my friends. I like I have friends who would do that <laughs> because they would do it because they were making fun of me. Yeah. But then they were they got addicted. Oh, but, got addicted. but it felt good. It, it felt, felt really good. good. It felt good to come home to a message, mm. not no messages. I'm very very intrigued to search the interweb for an answering machine <laughs> so we can have one at home oh, yeah if we ever ever get to go out again and <laughs> we have to get a land- well we have to get a landline we have to also get a landline oh oh true oh, i'm sure we can make it work yeah. <laughs> well thank you thank you for indulging us um when we come back to uh bridget we find that she and daniel are full-on dating and they go away together for a weekend in the country and who is there too but Mark Darcy, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> with his work partner slash maybe even more than work partner. She wants it to be more. Um, and all throughout this weekend, Mark Darcy is seeing how playful Bridget and uh, Daniel are together. And Mark watches along longingly with his boring work partner at his <laughs> side. <laughs> his body. And um, when Daniel has to leave to go back to work, Bridget gets dropped off at her uncle's Tarts and Vickers party. 
which she has not found out, uh, has been turned themeless and is just a garden party. So she shows up dressed as a Playboy bunny, only to find out that the theme has changed and her newly separated parents are there. Um, father feeling a little sad, mother having moved on with the equivalent of QVC's uh, <laughs> host, Julian, of course. And uh, of course, Mark Darcy is also there. And of course, hilarity and awkwardness <laughs> ensues as it always does. And when she heads back to London, she's worried that Daniel must be cheating on her because everyone that she's met at the party who knows him says so. So she goes to the apartment and she is not wrong. She finds Lara from the New York office naked in his bathroom and back to her couch, Bridget Jones goes. And unfortunately, she has to see him every day at work. Uh, so she goes into work and she finds out that Daniel, her former, very recent lover, and Lara from New York are actually engaged to be married. And so she has another sad, lonely musical moment at home, which can only mean one thing. She's about to make another resolution for herself. And we have a fantastic montage, all for you, Colleen, That's right. uh, where we see her throwing out cigarettes and books on how to get men and throwing out all of her Chardonnay bottles one after the other. We see her spinning and falling off a spin bike and job searching <laughs> with self-help books that have nothing to do with men. And she actually gets a job in television and she leaves publishing in the greatest way. She yeah. leaves Daniel in the greatest way, leaving Daniel Cleaver behind. And she really burns him on the way out. She smokes him. Mm. Good for her. Good for you, Bridge. The, the smoking. That are, the amount of cigarettes that are being smoked in this movie is insane. It's so insane. It's so weird to see that. It's like... It is weird, it's isn't so it? Strange. It's gross, um, actually. The part that I loved about this section was that part where she and Daniel were so playful together yes. and having so yeah. much fun together. And it was great to see her yeah. in this space of, of a guy who was completely focused on her and was having so much fun with her and she's having fun with him. And she's, you know, just like really devil may care, completely falling in love, even though we're all like, don't do it, girl. It's a mess. But still, it was just like, <laughs> it's nice. I don't understand what Darcy was doing there. <laughs> why were they there? I, I completely missed the plot on like why no they idea. were there. And no. why they were in a boat together reading legal briefs. Yeah. That was, <laughs> so, that was so random. And also, like, there apparently there is a wedding happening except for yeah. four people who are there, which is the those two couples. It does make it makes no sense. It makes no, no sense. sense. <laughs> and also there were no wedding guests. No wedding guests. <laughs> Just to, Yeah, there was I a point where they, they showed the wedding and there was no guests. No, the, the woman said all the rooms are taken for a wedding except for four guests, you two and another couple. I guess Darcy was out there because he was going to the uncle's the party. party. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Oh, they were going to that party. Okay. And then they just stopped. The they, they were staying there. Party that didn't end up being that. But for mm -hmm. some reason now I am totally like illuminated because I thought that that was the rehearsal dinner of the wedding. So I got it fully wrong, guys. Okay. I just did not... <laughs> She's watching another movie over here. These are the, these are the important parts. That's right. It's true. Yes. But that scene on the boat, that was probably one of my favorite scenes. Like those totally. lunatics on the boat, so funny. And he's trying to step over and doing the splits in the boat. I laughed so hard. It was amazing. <laughs> 
so funny. Yeah, so cute. And I really want to know more about this whole Tarts and Vickers thing. And like, <clears> even though it didn't, it, that wasn't the party, that it was a mistake or whatever. Like, is that really a thing? Is that what they do? They get dressed up like- What does it mean? What, what are what are tarts? Tarts are like, um, a tart is like a derogatory term for a sex worker, basically. Oh. Um, or like, just, or like a, it's, like, it's like a slutty type thing. And the vicars are religious, are religious figures, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like this weird, you know, I guess the women are all supposed to dress up like- Oh, hence her dad's- and the, yeah, that's why the dad, and she goes, yeah. God, her dad looks like a priest. Like, <laughs> How very astute, Barbara. Detective yes. Magoo over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a, uh, a sorority party or something. I don't know why they were doing mm-hmm. the English countryside, but in upstate New York at yeah. high school college, we definitely were doing things up, up this alley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention earlier in the first act that Livia uh, bra spotting, sex yes. in a bra. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up all over again because <laughs> I'm just. But I meant you I want to like I, open up old wounds. I yeah, know. we, we <laughs> can't unsee it now. I did, not approve. I did not approve. Nobody has sex in a bra. Okay, movie makers. Like I just want to skip this. But yet again, yet again, this is like the unavailable relationship. It's always, it's yeah. always in the unavailable relationships. Yes. Um, why do you think that, and I know it's a movie, but why do you think that Bridget kept the full bunny costume on? Like, not only even at the party, but when she got into the car and was driven <laughs> any number of hours back <laughs> To London, like where were her, where were her bags? Like, didn't, why wouldn't she have changed her clothes? Because wasn't she there for the whole weekend? Like, I don't, know, wh- yeah. I don't understand. And, and then she's like sadly walking through like the, the <laughs> weird like warehouse district of London like, in her, <laughs> with her ears still on. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I wondered the same thing. Like, is there no tablecloth at this party? She could have wrapped around herself. Like anything, anything. <laughs> anything like it, even if she had to borrow a, a drapery jumper like she bar, you know borrowed at her mother's house like <clears throat> i know yeah so crazy I, mean, I guess again i get that that's the comedy of it but i was laughing i was like dang that girl is she's still wearing that bunny outfit and then, and then it was like now i'm not getting out of the car and going oh she's still wearing the ears and, and the tail <laughs> oh and now she's and now she's sad and she's <laughs> walking home still wearing the ears and the tail still okay. wearing it yeah, Aww. I think those are the points in which, like, you know, as a movie maker, you just go, well, it's just funnier that way. <laughs> Sorry, it's just funnier. <laughs> yes. Bridget's so all in that she's like, I don't need a backup plan. I don't need a bag. I don't need a handbag or. <laughs> she's so calm now. Just this tail that everyone keeps honking. <laughs> But the question is, like, where are where did all her clothes end up? Because she did bring stuff to the to the hotel. We'll never know. Question for the ages. We need the DVD commentary. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Indeed. (laughs) The bonus scenes. Exclamations. (laughs) (laughs) But she certainly turns over a new leaf at the end of this part. The, The montage says it all. She is done with the old Bridget. In with the new. Healthy, mentally, physically, spiritually, on to bigger and better things. Live as a journalist. 
how did you feel about well I didn't realize that she was actually going into journalism I felt that she was just going to be a producer on the show and just like a comedy producer but I actually thought of you Colleen because that it kind of like felt like you know from publishing to journalism from advertising to comedy like that's that would have been you you wrote a blog a couple of weeks ago that kind of mentioned that what would have been if you actually would have accepted a job in television in mm -hmm. that those days so I kind of thought of you of like you know this, this I could have story. had my own fire station at Lewisham. <laughs> That's right. You could have had your buckle camera and you didn't even know it. Yes. I was impressed that she could stop herself from going down the pole and like inch her way back up. That was a lot up. of core strength. Oh, yeah. I was very yeah. impressed with that too. It is really yes. impressive. Yeah. So let's get into it. So on, on Bridget's very first job as, as a journalist on TV, she makes a little bit of a scene and a little bit of a fool of herself when she slides right down a fireman's pole onto the camera, of course, wearing a thong and tights. And <laughs> then rewinds and fast forwards, rewinds and fast forwards. Uh, and, you know, the whole, the whole nation has seen it. And at the end of this unfortunate day, she remembers that she has to go to a dinner party at her friend's house. And of course, Mark Darcy is there. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. And she's the only single one there and everyone lets that be known over and over and over again. And she so is just, you know, worn down. And on her way out, the very bland and quite rude up to this point, Mark Darcy ends up professing his very deep like for Bridget, like. which I did not see coming. <laughs> and um, and it, that, was, that was surprising. And then she ends up having a big day at Sit Up Britain, her, her TV job, when um, she's out to interview two uh, highly sought after subjects. And she realizes that she's missed the subjects of her next big story. And she runs into, obviously, Mark Darcy, who happens to be defending the two people she's looking for. And he saves the day for her. So all of a sudden, Mark Darcy has gone from like, stale toast to the, the hero and the savior of the day and Bridget Jones becomes a legend that day and on her high she plans her own birthday dinner party for her and her friends making a leek and potato soup with blue string <laughs> doesn't mm. turn out the way <laughs> she hoped it would but Mark Darcy obviously um because we have another scene decides to appear at her doorstep <laughs> And he cooks with her. He's very sweet with her. He's funny. And we're seeing all these sides of him we've never seen. And her friends and Mark Darcy toast to Bridget just as she is, which was, mm. which was not, would not have been a mantra in Bridget's life uh, the, the months and maybe years before that. But Daniel Cleaver, her boss and ex-ish, shows up because he assumes that she'll be home alone on her birthday. That's how much he thinks of her. And also professes uh, his deep like for her. He says how much he has missed her. And they almost kiss. And obviously, Mark Darcy, he's there again. Hi, Mark Darcy's there. Sees them almost kiss. <laughs> and in the big dramatic uh, upheaval <laughs> scene of this movie, which also is like kind of a, like a musical because it's set to music, um, sort of West Side Story-ish. 
Mark and Daniel brawl in the street and Mark knocks Daniel out and then leaves when uh, Bridget questions him. And this fight scene between Hugh Grant and Colin Firth allegedly wasn't even choreographed. I read that it was improvised between the actors and I read that before <laughs> it I It looked like it for sure. <laughs> but then it is, looks highly choreographed. They're jumping through windows. They're oh hitting each other over the head with trash cans. I'm like, they made that up. We can get into that. But at the very end there, Daniel, as he's lying, bleeding on the ground with Bridget over him, says, we belong together, Jones. If I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone. I mean, really, what a sweetie. Uh, which is not good enough. That's not a good enough offer for her. And she declines. Mm. Kurt, yes, good. <laughs> um, yeah, oh my God. I actually thought that scene of them fighting actually was so um it seems so genuine because they kind of like they took they you know they they take each other by the by the by the pants and then they rip the shirt and then they don't really know what the hell they're doing like, yeah, they don't know how to fight they don't know how to fight yeah how to fight and no. they're like trying and like he's like mark darcy's like kicking the air like <laughs> it was so oh, ridiculous funny, that was so endearing of these two little stupid, stupid, stupid men. But you know what? Have you guys noticed? I feel during this fight, we really see how Daniel is. He is just, he can't be trusted and he doesn't play fair. Yeah. Like every single time, mm-hmm. like he's making something up and then he's coming like left field and he's not playing. He doesn't fight fair. He doesn't no, fight fair. Doesn't. It's very... No. It's very revealing of his personality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. He's cowardly. Yeah. Um, I really like that moment when the, when one of the friends, the, the fight starts, and the <laughs> friend runs to the nearest restaurant like, yes. there's a fight! No, yes. There's a fight! Like, like so right. get out of here! <laughs> God, I left the hard. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> the Greek restaurant. So awesome. Yeah. Oh. oh. So cuckoo. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I have to say that that's another moment in which I'm like, Bridget, I respect you. You're, you know yeah. what you're, you know what you're worth. You're not going to just go flying back to the, to the floppy hair. You're just going to stand for yourself and say no. Mm-hmm. Say no to this. <laughs> say no to this. Um, just to, just to go back and not to, not to stop you from singing Hamilton, um, but just to go back to the scene where Bridget goes to the dinner party. Mm. with all the couples yeah all the smug marrieds um you know it's so funny because it reminded me so much of when I was in my late 20s and my early 30s it really was not uncommon for people to be like you're how old are you 28 when are you gonna get married like like honestly yeah I remember when I was when I was temping at Pfizer actually a woman who I forget who she was. She was maybe somebody either who worked there. I can't remember. But she was like a, she probably was in her late thirties, early forties and had gotten married like at the respectable age of 20. Because back then, like the women, women got married at like 23, 20, mm-hmm. like, they, they went to college. This was, this was the college generation. So they went to college, then they got married like right out of college, like usually to their college mm-hmm. boyfriend or like within the two or three years after college. Mm-hmm. And so I was probably, when I was working at Pfizer, I was like 20. Eight, and and she said to me like 28 what are you doing like when are you going to get married 
like, and I was like, what are you, and I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you can't wait forever. You're not getting any younger. (laughs) I mean, she literally said like, it's such a cliche, but you're not getting any younger. And that's something that I heard a lot actually, Wow. you know, and when I was living in, in London, at that point, I was now in my 30s. I was like, it, I was like 36, 37. And then it was really like, really? Like, you're not, you're, you're not married or like engaged, ever gotten close? Like that, like really, <laughs> like people just kind of like scratching their heads, like, wow, like what's going to happen to you? Like, what are you going to do with yourself? You know, mm. you're, so that really, it's funny because in, in a way, I don't know how you guys felt about that scene, but like, it really reminded me so much of, it was really, of course it was so dramatic because it was every single couple was married and they were, and they immediately laid into her about not being married. But that really was very, um, very much the, the, the going yeah. thought process of people yeah. is like, of course you're going to get married. And and yeah. the longer you don't get married, the, the more it's like, well, that's not like being 32 and unmarried was cuckoo. That clock's ticking. No, I thought I was horrified. I never found myself in a situation like that, like that, meaning like that, that I found myself actually in a situation where people would tell me and in my late twenties that, I mean, granted, like my late twenties were like five years ago. So clearly like things are are very different, like, but it's so no, but meaning like, not because I'm young, but meaning like, it's really, it's really different. And I personally never found myself in a conversation like that i've heard about conversations like that but 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 it's always for me it was just always a character caricature so to actually think that you know this is 2001 i still think that 2001 is just a short while ago to think that these conversations were going on in the 2000s is shocking now it's just shocking i was horrified was horrified for her i was horrified for those poor people that thought that they had to have that conversation because they thought that that's the life that we were all supposed to be living i thought it was really weird well and also just there like our way is the right way and there is no other option and right. and just be right. like so what the heck are you doing? Like, what's wrong with you? Like yeah. not even acknowledging that, that, that granted she didn't necessarily want to be in that position, but just for, uh, for, 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 for people to think that somebody else may actually choose a different type right. of lifestyle mm-hmm. yes. and just assume that that's, that that's the only way. Well, her parents who, who uh, <laughs> separated me in this movie now decide to get back together. So we at least have one, one marriage, one marriage saved here. <laughs> so we find Bridget back at her parents' house. The holidays are rolling around again. Her parents have gotten back together and they have a piece of information that they share with Bridget that changes her feelings towards Mark. They let slip, and they didn't even know this was going to be such a big deal, but they let slip that um, Daniel Cleaver slept with Mark Darcy's fiance and broke his heart. Wife, 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 yes, wife, and it broke his heart, and when she realizes what has happened, that the story has been flipped, and that he was actually the victim and not the perpetrator in this situation, all of a sudden, her feelings change, and she needs to see him, and she needs to let Mark Darcy know, so she speeds down the snowy streets to the Darcy's Christmas party, and finds Mark standing there in a snowman tie. 
What just else? Always dreamed. And this time it's Bridget that makes a declaration of like, she tells Mark how much she really likes him. And she really, she really lets it all out for the first time for him. And then in a gut-wrenchingly embarrassing and unfortunate scene in front of everyone in the house, uh, Mark Darcy's father announces to the entire crowd that Mark is not only moving to New York for work, but he is going with his work partner who he is going to marry. And Bridget protests in a very public and strange and unfortunate way and <laughs> crashing down. And we see Mark arrive in New York and we assume that it's all over for Bridget because we see her again alone in her apartment mm -hmm. over the holidays, just as we've seen her so many times before. And she's alone until her friends show up to take her to Paris for the weekend. And as she's leaving her apartment in the snow, fumbling for her keys, she hears her name when she turns around. And though he had landed in New York hours or days before, it was Mark Darcy who had returned. The only person it could be there calling her name at this hour. And they kiss. And I actually thought this was the end of the movie. I thought I remembered that this is the end of the movie, but luckily there were a few more fabulous minutes where... Uh, <laughs> We, we couldn't leave Bridget without a little, without a little trouble at the end uh, because we <laughs> finally believe that she won't be alone on Christmas. She takes Mark upstairs and as she's finally getting the opportunity to wear sexy underwear, not granny panties with a guy she really likes, he's in the kitchen. He ends up reading old diary entries about how dull and horrible she had found him. And he leaves. He walks right out the door and she sees him leave and she chases after him and chases after him in the snow with a sweater on and her sneakers and of course her tiger print knickers and no pants because that's also a without pants and <laughs> finds him as she runs down the street she finds him and she apologizes and we find out that he hadn't actually left her that he'd just gone out to buy her a new diary a new diary for Bridget Jones um mm. because as we know he likes Bridget just as she is so <laughs> So sweet. The, the ending, the ending after the ending that that Bridget really deserved. She finally gets her her man. Yeah, I mean, she does. I have to say something that I, I it's not particularly apparent here, but throughout the whole movie, I just <clears throat> I know she's an incredibly you know acclaimed actress and everything, but I just can't get over how good Bridget, how good Renan Zellweger is in this movie. Like she is so mm. funny, and I remember. Um, uh, what's her name? Oh God, Legally Blonde. What's her name? Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. After like years later, when she had won Oscars over Oscars and everything, she said once, "You really can tell how good an actor is by their com like com comedy roles because it's 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 okay that you can make someone cry, but it's extremely difficult to make someone um, laugh." And I laughed so hard. And even at the end, she has so many facets to this character that she's bringing to the table. And I am just really blown away by realizing how, how masterful she is in bringing a character to life that is so incredibly relatable, even if she's so out of control, not relatable. Like, <laughs> oh, great. I yeah. just like the whole ending was so sweet and so just it would never happen but it could totally happen like, it could happen it could it happen could. <laughs> yeah we were also 
Renee Zellweger really, she put in the work for this role. Mm. Uh, her method acting to, to get this uh, Bridget character down was that she gained 25 pounds and then actually worked in a British publishing company for a month in preparation for the role. Um, to me, that wasn't the most interesting part of the story because as I was reading this piece of trivia, it goes on to say that she adopted an alias as well as her new accent. And apparently no one in the, the publishing company recognized her. And on her desk in this office, she kept a framed picture of her then boyfriend, Jim Carrey. Uh, but workers didn't know who she were, no, who, didn't know who she was. So they just thought it was like really strange and odd that this woman had a framed picture of Jim Carrey. <laughs> <in her office. laughs> But they never said anything because they didn't want to embarrass her. <laughs> so funny. Well, I can't remember. Was she, I mean, I know that she was not new. Like she had been in movies before, but she wasn't that famous at that oh, point, I right? Yes, didn't this, didn't this like put her, really put her on the map? Yeah. For I me. So. Yeah. I don't know about for the general yeah. public. I, rem- I remember this being really the time when, when she, when her name was kind of starting mm. to become every, I, I don't even quite know what movies she did before this. I'm, she I'm was sure in she Jerry was- Maguire. Oh, that's right. She mm. was, uh, there was before this, But right? I don't know if that, how, I don't know how many years between Jerry Maguire and yeah. Jones Diary, though. I don't either, but I feel like, yeah, and I could, I guess that she was known then, but I definitely feel like she, she rose to kind of like superstardom with this movie, for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought everyone was really, like, all the actors were great. I, like, I thought the characters, I was like, I really sometimes had a hard time with the, with the characters, but yeah. the actors were incredible. All yeah, of them. everybody was great. Everybody was really, really, really great. And I really have to say, it's so interesting. The Mark Darcy character mm. is really kind of weird in this movie because it when when you watch Pride and Prejudice, like with, and even the one with Colin Firth, like he's really handsome and hot all the way through, and you're like, he's kind of a jerk. He's kind of cold, but you get it. You get his magnetism. In this movie, he's such a wet, he's such a, like a, like what you, you said, stale bread. He's like really like a wet fish. Is it wet fish? Yeah. Aren't real- fish always wet? But it, uh, what, what am I thinking oh, of? Wet blanket. Yeah. Wet blanket. Thank you. <laughs> don't ask me. I, mean, I, I can make some. I know. What am I looking at her for? Barbara, what is the phrase I'm looking for? But by the end, when he shows up, in the snow, first of all, they put him in that overcoat with the big shoulders. Oh, they yeah. bulked him out. They bulked him I out. That. <laughs> because that coat was so big that it actually could fit to the two people at the end. Yeah. And um, and he's got that whole like invading her space thing that he does, like that's so like very like attractive to me. I was like, dang. Damn. What's going on with him? Like he he got hot all of a sudden. <laughs> all right. no, um, he really did. But even as they were kissing at the very end, I was like, wait, he's Actually, really hot. <laughs> like, oh, hold on a second. There's something to this. <laughs> <laughs> totally agreed. Now, the what one thing I have got? to say that really bothered me about this, the one thing that, that bothered me, and it bothered me then, but it really, I, it, it, it really bothered me a lot when I saw the movie because because when that movie came out, they made such a big deal about her gaining 25 pounds. Yeah, yeah I remember that too. Yeah. Like, in, and I remember back then being like seeing the movie and being like, oh, that's my goal weight. Like, I wish I looked like her. <laughs> like, well, yeah. The body yeah. stuff was just as hard for me as like the, the sexual harassment, misogyny situation. Like, 
her being that that being her is overweight and that was just like she she is on screen didn't feel good no and she's just a normal person like there is nothing nothing and we are seeing that on screen the camera Mm -hmm. put like the camera puts on 10 pounds on you so looking at her she was so much you know just like with in in real life she must have been so much skinnier even because i was thinking about her like her in that bunny costume like she looked like a million bucks i know i was like damn girl yeah like yeah it's like it's it's crazy you know it was it really and i was trying to put myself in the mindset of seeing the movie in 2001 and because of my own like holy internalized body shame and all that stuff and like all the fat phobia that's even in, in me like I, I don't remember if I thought that she looked good in the movie mm-hmm. back then mm-hmm. I don't know I, I'm not, I can't say for sure because I, I might have also bought into that because yeah that's just what we were taught we were taught that we all had to look like the girls from Friends and Allie McBeal and yeah. who literally were like size double zeros. Totally. You know, yeah. and I can <laughs> guarantee that I remembered her being 40, 40, 30 to 40 pounds heavier than what she is now. I remember, I think in my head, I remember her being that much bigger in my head. And then when I saw her on screen, I'm like, what? I thought that she was supposed to be chubby I, I thought she was supposed to be heavy or like not heavy but like overweight I, I really thought that that and throughout the whole actually there was a recurring thought of mine I'm like I remember her, I remember seeing with my eyes that she was mm. overweight and I don't see that at all so the you know the buying into it is so real mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I genuinely remember seeing her you know just bigger than what she was with my eyes it's like yeah. it's so yeah. insane your your sight can change when your whole internal world really changes because at mm-hmm. the time I totally thought that she you know that we all must be freaking Ally McBeal probably which is you, to your point yeah. right I know yeah. which is so nuts and you know it was interesting and I I I, I told um Colleen that I don't know, like what after below the title it says, like she is, um, she tries to better herself throughout the year, um, and the three goals she really has is losing pounds, tracking how many cigarettes she smokes, and how many units of alcohol she drinks. Like that's yeah. her definition yeah. of improving herself. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just so that's interesting. Right. Yes, it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no internal work at all. Nothing. And even no. at the end when she says everyone knows the diaries are full of crap. Just so funny because now, especially the four of us, we're such big journalers, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like I was I was like I was like, you should journal more. You should put your yeah. crap off. Exactly. You're doing it wrong. You should be in a better place. You put crap in. That's why it's crap. <laughs> you know, we're gonna have a you know, we have a we have a plan for you, Bridget. I know. <laughs> That's like, my diary. Bald. What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> but yeah I have to say I really again I I remember feeling this way when I saw the movie that last scene where she runs out in her underwear and the the tiger underwear and the sneak and the Reeboks (laughs) and I was like I remember being like come on like it's no nobody would do that but I will say I I remember it then and I felt it again now in spite of myself I totally got wrapped up in that last moment of like them in the snow and you know just like so sweet and like oh 
But it took him so long to wrap that darn coat around her. Are you kidding me? She's standing (laughs) there in her underwear. It's snowing, i.e. cold, and no one bothers to put a coat on that girl. Like, hello, come on. They were generating their own heat. But I noticed myself when I watched that scene, I was like, I was having so many cynical thoughts around like, that would never happen and blah, blah, blah. But then I also had this feeling of just warmth and happiness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, Liv, just cut the crap. This is amazing. Just let yourself enjoy the scene. Just sometimes (laughs) over the top is exactly what we need. And it's just okay this way. Yeah, it is funny. I had the same thing. I was like, really like, oh my God, this movie. And then I was like, oh. Yeah. Is he going to kiss her? This is so sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say, I will, I totally take back. I did say earlier on that she didn't have uh, a spine in the movie. I, I do want to correct that. I, I, I don't actually believe that. It's just that in certain moments, I was really cringing. And yeah. as we're talking more and more, it, I can definitely say it's because I recognized myself. In, mm-hmm. in in the movie and I think that's why it was so painful because I yeah. would have behaved in a very similar way and I have all this emotion that's coming up that I'm like how could I have done that uh, um, yeah. so I'll take it back that it, it's true she, there are definitely moments where she where she is a total badass um, but so yeah I just so want to say I want I wanted to state that for the record yeah <laughs> even on a even on a podcast like Noodle you hang out with us long enough and you have personal transformation <laughs> during, while, while commenting on Bridget Jones' diary. <laughs> I wonder if she writes her goals down three times a day. I know, I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe if you had a plan for this journal, it would be better for you, Bridget. But I guess it turned out well. Well enough that they actually made two more movies. Did anyone see the other two in the trilogy? Yeah, I think I, I did, but I don't remember. Same. Yeah, I saw one. Where, did she get arrested in Thailand or something? In one of them, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, in one of them, she has a baby. Yeah, it's like Bridget Jones. I, I did not see that one. I saw the la- that last one. That's pretty recent, though. Yeah. It's like oh, really? Baby, I don't remember the middle one. But the Bridget Jones film franchise eventually became the first movie trilogy directly directed exclusively by female directors. Oh, amazing! Which is interesting. Talking about all this body talk yeah. and misogyny, you can just thank all these women for that. But it was also the only romantic comedy trilogy of the new millennium. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yes. See if the wedding planner had done its job, it would have also been a, a trilogy. <laughs> there was, it would have thank been God. Out. No, thank out. God. Yes. <laughs> so what did we think, ladies? On a scale of ghost it to get it, how is Bridget Jones' diary ranking for you? So for me, um, I thought of this actually because I'm never really good at labeling them. And today I think that I found the perfect label for myself. (laughs) And it's that friend. Okay. And it's not a title. It's an explanation. (laughs) It's that friend that lives in a different continent that you never talk to, but then they come and visit you and you have a dinner with them and it's the best night, the most random night. And it's, you just like, you have the most fun and then they leave again until the next time. And this is what the, this movie was for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have to go next because mine's pretty similar. It's like, and I never had one of these cause like just things weren't happening for me in high school, but it's like that hometown love that you, you go home every, like every holiday to see your family and maybe you like make out with your hometown love. It's someone like, 
once a year around the holidays, it gets yeah. romantic, always good, but you know, maybe not the love of my life. Yeah. This is like the, the sneaky secret boyfriend that you go out with once in a while for like a sneaky drink in a dark bar and you don't tell any of your friends about because you're like, I'm not telling you when I'm going out with him, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go out with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. yeah. It's some, it's yeah. It's like the bad boyfriend or the bad guy, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't really like yeah. you're intrigued and you're totally like falling for it, but you really don't want it to because you know, it's not good for you. Exactly. <laughs> Like, this is a disaster. Yeah. What time are we meeting? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> We're all pretty much on the same page with all <laughs> I know. Good old Bridget. But now I kind of want to see the other ones just, just because I want to know Me what too. happens. Yeah. Well, is that your pick this week? No, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. So, Lucy... I love her and we are soulmates and sometimes it annoys the heck out of me that she just can read everything. So she has already complete, like she totally guessed the pick for me this week, which, which I am going now to reveal the proposal that Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds and just the really sweet and catchy story. And I honestly, I'm, I, I would love to like, I just, I just picked the movies that I just want to watch again. And this is one so high on top of my list. And I'm super, super excited for our next episode. Yeah, that's wait. amazing. It's another, pl- another one that's always on the plane. So let's see. That's if right. Like, yeah. If I see it on the, if I see it on yeah. my <laughs> yeah. way. Awesome. Oh, I love it. That's great. Exciting. Fun. Oh my goodness, yeah. girls. Well, thanks for joining us, Noodlers. Thanks for joining. For another great one. We will see you next week. So between now and then, watch the proposal. Mm-hmm. You know, do all the things. Like us on Instagram. Give us a rating. Watch the movie again. That's right. Wait, give us a rating. Definitely give us a rating because I want to do something else that was as cool as Colleen playing Pretty Woman in the bathtub. That was so awesome. And we're... <laughs> But our next milestone to do something funny like that is 50 ratings on Apple. Um, what's it Apple called? Podcast. Apple, Apple podcast. podcast. We're more than that's, halfway there. That's the thing. If you want to see Barbara do something weird, just uh, Please just rate it. Go rating. That's right. I believe you, you were doing it. You said you, you, that's you true. I did. I did. I volunteered. It's and recorded wait. So first of all, microphones right now. So. so we want to know, first of all, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And then also please hit us up on the socials to let us know what you want Barbara to do. That's crazy. Like That's some yeah. kind of rom-com reenactment. Yeah. And I'll pretty do anything. I, I would, I would do anything. anything. Maybe, pretty maybe much. it has to do with a bunny costume. I don't know. Just saying. I would do that. That just I would saying. totally do. Are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> maybe a Tarts and Vickers sort of thing. Guys, please, please review our podcast so you can see Barbara. The world needs this. The, the world, world needs this. The world does need this. <laughs> I need this. Times are tough, guys. Times are tough. Times are tough. All right, you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later. And that is a wrap for Bridget Jones's diary in this episode of Canoodle. Thank you for listening and thank you for rewatching with us. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends by sharing this episode on social media and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other people find us too. You can follow us at Canoodle Podcast on Instagram. 
and at canoodlepodcast.com for show notes and exclusive behind the scenes content. See you next week and canoodle you later.